Okay, so you think you've been training a while. You think you know your way around the gym. You now think you're badass. And you now think you've got to intensify your training to take it to the next level. Okay, you may be right. You may be wrong. Let's delve in. Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. Okay, so my name is Andy Naylor. I am founder and CEO of Naylor Body Design and host of the Optimal Alpha podcast. Welcome back to the next episode, my alphas. Um, So this is another episode in the uh, first initial training series. Today, we're going to go through... Uh, could be quite an interesting topic. I think it's quite a misunderstood set of topics that we're going to go through today, which is essentially what what I would call intensifiers. Um, so what we're going to go through today is uh, like what are, what is intensifier? Is this what are intensifiers? How are they best used? Okay, and do you actually even need them? So those are going to be the key topics for today. Nice and easy. So let's start. What are intensifiers? So first of all. We're going to use the term straight sets for something. So a straight set is where you just do a set of one to whatever you get to and stop. Okay. Whether you hit failure or not, it's just a set and it's one rep, two rep, three rep, four rep, 10, 12, 13 reps and you stop. That is a straight set. Nothing else happens afterwards. Nothing else is involved. It's just a straightforward set. There is nothing wrong with those at all. What people then like to do is think, okay, well, if I've taken a set to failure, so let's say, again, to quantify what failure is, we could simply say that failure is the inability to, con- to contract a muscle and do a movement with the correct form for another full rep, right? So, you know, so you might be able to get another rep if you're throwing the, the weight around, but with the correct standardized form, you cannot complete one more full rep. We could say failure is the inability to complete partial reps. Okay, we might talk about that somewhere in today. But ultimately, let's just say you can't complete one more full rep and that's failure. Okay, well, that's failure at that point. There are ways to get past that. So what an intensifier is, is one, a way to make a set more difficult. Well, just add more load could be an easy intensifier there, right? But there's a way, okay, once the set has hit failure, is there anything we can do to take that muscle beyond the point of failure? So sometimes, yeah, it can be beneficial both mentally and physically to somehow extend the set. So we've hit 13, we think we've hit failure. Is there anything we can do to push past that? Because once we've hit failure in a straight set, so we hit 13 or whatever the number might be, we can't complete one more full rep. That's it. Like there's nothing apart from cheating or yeah, just cheating form. There's nothing you can do past that. So if we want to go past that point, past that failure point, then we need to find tactics to go beyond in a safe, controlled and measured fashion. Right. So. Some examples, you'll probably maybe be able to think of more, but the examples that come to my mind here, 
drop sets. Okay. Rest pauses, also called clusters and muscle rounds. I think all three of those are basically exactly the same thing. We could use negative reps. A superset could also be something here. Okay. These are just a few examples of things that people use as a tactic to take a set beyond failure. Okay. So how are these used? So let me just give you an example of these. Now, you may well know what these are, but there may be many people listening who don't know what these are. So we've lifted a weight, okay, and there's 100 kilograms on the bar, whatever the thing might be, and we hit rep 12 and that's it, we can't do any more. So a drop set would be where we immediately strip off a certain amount of weight. So we reduce the load and we, with no rest, completely carry on. So it's like we hit failure at X amount of weight loading. We hit failure, we immediately reduce the loading and we should therefore be able to carry on. That would be a drop set, okay? So we've, we've hit failure and we've now reduced the load and been able to extend the set. And then you can do it again and then again and then again. You can drop set. For example, you could stand at a dumbbell rack at 20 kilograms doing whatever movement, reach failure, and you could end up drop setting all the way down to the five kilograms. Of course you could. Um, if you wanted to. So a drop set is a way of extending a set absolutely until the point where that muscle cannot contract against any load whatsoever. There's an example. Then we've got rest, pause, clusters, muscle rounds. So this would be, again, we've got 100 kilograms on the bar. We hit failure at rep 12. We rack the weight. We now put the weight down for a very short period of time, about 15 seconds. We don't change the loading. We have a mini pause. It's not a rest, really. It's just a mini pause. 15 seconds is normally enough. Dependent on the movement, we then pick that weight back up and we will be able to get more reps. Probably not very many, but you'll get more. Let's say, for example, oh, I don't know. Let's say we're leg pressing and we get 12 reps. We leg press, we hit basically failure. We rack it the last time. We then sit there. Now, that 15 seconds is really important because in that 15 seconds, you want to do everything that you possibly can to recover. Nasal breathing, deep, like try and bring your heart rate down. Like you've really got to use 15 seconds to try and recover as quickly as possible. You then unrack the weight and off you go again. You might get another five reps out. You might get another seven reps out. Who knows? It's going to be very person dependent and movement dependent. But you've essentially, you've extended the set. Again, and you could do that multiple times until maybe, you know, you're now going to get to a point where maybe you're doing single reps. And I certainly wouldn't really recommend that. But once you've kind of come down under, uh, you can't maybe get more than four reps of the exercise. Maybe that's the end of your rest pauses. But you could certainly do two or three of these back to back. OK, then you've got things like negative reps. So generally speaking, we run out of strength in the contracting phase, the concentric phase of a movement. So let's imagine, um, oh, let's think leg extension. So a seated leg extension for the quads, okay? So our goal here is to contract the quad, to lift the leg up, yeah, right, to contract the quad. We will run out of the ability to contract the quad before we run out of the ability to hold the weight up. So what would happen here is you would be training away, lifting your legs up, contracting your quads, and there's going to come a point where you can't push against it, but somebody could pull it up in front of you. You then, you've got your legs underneath it, and then you control slowly the negative part back down. You'll be able to do two, three, four more reps like that. You've got more strength in the negative 
phase of a movement than you have the contractile phase. So you've hit failure in one part of the movement, but then safely someone could lift the weight up for you and then you control the negative down. That can be super powerful. That's It needs to be done in a safe manner. You also need someone there to help you for most of the things I can think of. You then got to say a superset. So a superset is, it depends on what the exercises are. Like if we're here, if we're here talking about taking a set past failure, we would be supersetting two exercises together that are the same um, that are the same muscle. So we could say a chest press supersetted with a chest fly. Similar-ish movement. Well, okay, similar body part, same body part, maybe different style of movement. But we could hit failure on the press, but then maybe still be able to get out X amount more reps on a fly. Obviously, there's nothing comparable in weight and they're two completely different movements, but it is a way of extending a set. So those are, I mean, and there's, there's loads more. I mean, you know, intensifying a, intensifying a set could be doing something slower. It could be adding more load. It could have been having less rest period between the exercises. But in terms of extending a set, drop sets, drop, drop sets rest pauses, negative supersets, they tend to be the most common ones. So the question here is, is, do you actually need any of these things? Absolutely not. None of these things are essential. There is nothing wrong with just hitting true muscular failure with simple straight sets. Just simple, standard, straight set training. The fitness world loves to over-fucking-complicate everything and make everything have to be the most complicated version. Nutrition, supplementation, training, everything has to be taken beyond a point where it's like, okay, oh, I've got, I've got to do exactly this or I'll lose my gains. No, no. training is simple. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated. I've used all of these modalities, all of these different styles of extending a set, um, and 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 they all they all have some validity. They all they all they all work. They all do something. Most people think they get to a point and they think they've got to do stuff like this. And then quite often, what you'll find is people go through a point of doing these and then thinking, "I probably made more progress than I was just getting really fucking good at an exercise." Like I don't think there's only one of these modalities that I use, but I don't think I've done, I haven't really drop setted anything for a long time. I don't train with anyone else. So I don't get to do negatives. That would be what I would choose, but they just are not necessary for building muscle. Can they help? Yes. Are they necessary? No. Don't get yourself to a point where you think you've been training X amount of time and now you've got to do these things. You don't. There isn't, it's not like you're ascending up through the Jedi ranks and then all of a sudden now, if you don't do drop sets and rest pauses, now you're training, you're, you're, you're under training, you're training under par, you're not get, you're not extracting everything out of a session. No, just get really fucking good at the one exercise you're doing and learn to take it further. You don't necessarily have to add the things on. Something to consider though, if you are going to try these things, and I do recommend you try them, by the way, try them. But if you try them and you do them well, your recovery will get absolutely whacked eventually. So depends on the movement. I mean, if you're superset, not superset, if you're rest pausing and, and drop setting smaller muscle groups like biceps, triceps, it's not too bad. Back, legs, chest, it can certainly take a, your, your CNS, your central nervous system will take a hit. So you've got, to, you've, got, you've got to consider when you might be trying these things out. Would all of these intensifiers and set extenders work in a really harsh cutting phase, like just before a show or a photo shoot or something like that? 
Probably not. Because at that point, you're underfed, you're under-recovered. These things are just going to put additional stress on the system, loading on the system that just doesn't really need to be there. So it, if it is something that you decide to use, think carefully when you're going to use it. And also, what I would do here is I would pick a body part. Let's say you've got a body part that seems to be stuck. Um, maybe pick that, right? And then pick one modality out. So maybe you pick rest pauses and I'm going to, I'm going to this body part and I'm going to, I'm going to run rest pauses against it. So like I always say, treat it like a, uh, an experiment, standardize as many things as you can and then play with one particular area, test it. Otherwise you're just throwing crap at the wall to see what sticks, test it. So let's say you pick bi uh, uh, biceps because that would be probably the first thing that I would pick, right? I'd pick biceps and I'd pick the one, the one modality I want to use. Um, and then I would test it and I would run it and I would track progress, muscle growth, strength, recovery, um, recovery between sessions is, is now doing this, making me have to reduce my frequency because frequency, volume and intensity would come way before any of this stuff for me, which we spoke about in the last episode. Those things are far more important than these set extenders and intensifiers. But to give you a little bit of an insight, the one out of all of these that I personally have favoured the most is the rest pause the cluster, the muscle round, I think like they're all basically the same thing, which is they you use a, so pick an exercise, use a load, hit failure, rest a short amount of time, and then you'll be able to go again. The reason I favor this is because you are, you are using the same loading. So one, you're putting your muscle under the same mechanical load and stress. You're not drop setting. So there's consistency there. And I always like that. And it's then easier to track. So I would track, let's say, let's say I was doing chest press and I had a hundred kilos on the machine. Okay. And I have a hundred kilos and I hit absolute muscular failure at rep 13. I then wait 15 seconds and then I hit absolute muscular failure at rep seven, then at rep four, then at rep two. That's easy for me to track in my logbook because it's a hundred then it was, what was it, 13, I don't know, 972. Like I could, I, could, I could then easily write that. So the next time I come back to that exercise and I decide to rest pause it, those are the numbers I'm going to beat. If you're drop setting, nothing wrong with drop setting, but if you're drop setting, you've got to track the weight you dropped to and the reps you did. It's just, a, it's just an, an extra level of complexity that I just don't think is needed. Um, so that's, that's my favorite. This, I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with drop setting. I just think reducing the load to me doesn't, technically seem to make the most logical sense i would far rather keep the loading the same so the drive on my central nervous system to upregulate that would be the same rather than drop setting but again both 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 could be used um, but i would always go down the one that i think would work the best now one thing i would say here is you may have exercises where using the same load could put you in a vulnerable position I think an example here would be, so for me personally, a good example here would be a laying hamstring curl. A laying hamstring curl has nearly torn my left hamstring twice. It, well, it has basically, like it's turned it into bubblegum. So I, I do a seated hamstring curl because it's touch wood, a damn sight safer. And I can rest pause a seated hamstring curl. But what I'm saying here is I've nearly torn my left hamstring. There's a weakness there. I'm 43. If I tore that hamstring, I'd be in all manner of shit. So rest pausing uh, certainly a laying hamstring curl because as you extend out 
your hamstrings are under so much tension in the length and position. And if you're going to hurt them, you're going to hurt them in the length and position. So let's say I was on a laying hamstring curl and I did a rest pause. The, the chance of me hurting myself is up through the roof. So here's where I would, you've got to think, okay, is it, is it wise? But could I do a drop set? Yeah, like because the, the loading's getting less. So the mechanical stress and tension is theoretically getting less. It would still put me a lot of risk and I still wouldn't do it, but it would be a better choice, yeah, than the rest pause because the loading is coming down. So this is hopefully just giving you a little bit of an insight into the world of intensifiers and set extenders. Um, they're not magic. There's nothing magical about them. They can be useful. But the point here is, is don't overthink these things. You know, when when we tend to write a program for somebody, we don't write these things in at all at the beginning. We add them in as and when. Now, you might go for You might example buy a, a program online and immediately and I've done this. And immediately they're full of all of these extenders because it looks sexy. Because if someone's selling you a written program, and there's nothing wrong with this, by the way, if someone sells a pre-written program, they want it to be worthwhile because they can't then build something into it once they've sold the ebook, right? So they would quite often put these things in. And I would certainly do that too, because I would want the th I'd want it to be interesting and challenging from the absolute off, because I'd have no ability once I've sold that ebook or given that ebook away for free to then go back and add those things in at a later date. But when we're coaching someone one-to-one -one here at Naylor Body Design, what we would do is we would we would we want to standardize as much as we possibly can in terms of the split, in terms of the selection of exercises, the execution, the the volume, the frequency, uh, the intensity. All that stuff is way more important before adding in rest pauses and drop sets. So hopefully that's given you a little bit of perspective. Hopefully that's been useful. Reach out if you want to ask me more questions. It's been an absolute pleasure once again to have you here. Thank you for listening. If you found value, give us a five-star review, please. Um, I'll be doing some shout-outs for the people that have done those. Um, so thank you very much for that. And you can also download the episodes. Give us a subscribe. We massively, massively appreciate it. But for now, my alphas, go and have an amazing rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.